Where we are now is that just people expect to be on the network. And so open roaming is about making that as seamless experience as possible. Open roaming is our topic. Today on The Signal, we'll be talking with Cisco's Mark Grayson. Hello, this is Martha DeGrasse for Wi-Fi Alliance, back with another episode of The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. So this is going to be a great episode because we're going to get to learn about the Wireless Broadband Alliance Open Roaming from the chair of WBA's Open Roaming Working Group. He is Mark Grayson, recently named a fellow at Cisco after a long career there. Mark, welcome to The Signal. Hey, Martha. Thanks. Nice to be here. We're delighted to have you. So can you start with an overview of what Open Roaming is and how it works? Yeah, sure. So Open Roaming was a solution we incubated within Cisco for a number of years, really addressing seamless onboarding of devices. We saw roaming being deployed in some carrier networks, in some geographies, but what we were seeing was that basically all Wi-Fi deployments really benefited from serving public, guests, users, and they were hampered by captive portals. The captive portal conversion rate was going down. The cellular data plans were increasing in size, and so people weren't going out to search for Wi-Fi. So we saw people deploying Wi-Fi networks, and they were going unused because people weren't even clicking the terms and conditions to get on the network and use that great Wi-Fi network. So that's what's meant by a captive portal, right? Is that it's closed, it's siloed, and you have a lot of authentication to get into Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite intrusive from a user experience perspective. So I need to uh, engage with the portal to typically read some legal terms and conditions and privacy policies. And then if I agree to them, and I'm sure we all diligently read all those on those captive portals, we click to accept and then we're on the network. But really, that's very intrusive. And that may have applied sort of a decade ago, how people went looking for Wi-Fi because cellular data was so expensive. Where we were five years ago and where we are now is that just people expect to be on the network. That's right. And so open roaming is about making that as seamless experience as possible. Okay, and what's the relationship between open roaming and Passpoint? Yeah, great question, because I think when we first launched open roaming, there was some confusion about whether these were competing solutions. So candidly, open roaming is about accelerating Passpoint adoption, period. And how do we do that? One is we make it easy for access networks to deploy Passpoint and and make it relevant to them. So previously, you would have to have a relationship with a mobile carrier to really have a reason to deploy Passpoint. Open roaming means that you simply need to join the federation and you can benefit from Passpoint. That's number one. Number two is from an identity provider perspective. Previously, Passpoint was really focused perhaps on the mobile carriers with the EPSIM, EPKA, the smart card authentication. What Open Roaming does is it brings in so-called settlement-free service. And as soon as you bring in settlement-free, it means you're no longer reliant on an identity provider who has a billing relationship with an end user. 
So once you don't need a billing relationship with an end user, then you open up Passpoint identity provision to a whole new set of providers. So the like of Samsung ID in their device OEM or the Google with their Pixel or candidly a retailer with a loyalty scheme, they already provision identities as part of an existing service. They can leverage that now as part of a Passpoint offer. So we're growing the Passpoint market both from an access provider perspective and an identity provider perspective. Excellent. And we should point out that open roaming does not just apply to Wi-Fi. You're also working on it in the cellular domain. That's correct. I mean, so WBA has got a couple of projects running. There's open roaming for 5G, looking about how we can take some of those open roaming concepts and apply them to private 5G. And also we're looking at some of the issues that they have with low power and some of the challenges of onboarding low power equipment into enterprise environments. And so, yes, we have projects running on open roaming for IoT and open roaming for 5G as well. Right. So you mentioned IoT just now. Obviously, that's where it would apply most in the cellular domain because roaming already exists for people when they're talking on their phones. But in the Wi-Fi domain, is open roaming targeting smartphones and tablets to start with, or is it going straight to IoT? What do you think? Yeah, so great question. And I think we need to, I guess, play with the cards that we've been dealt in terms of (laughs) passpoint provisioning, because we need to provision profiles. And so what we see is that we've got, I guess, a rich set of tools when it comes to smartphones. We've got the existing carrier bundle, if a carrier is deploying passpoint. We've got the MDM, so an enterprise MDM can provision Passpoint profiles. And then we've got the applications. And now we see the ability of application providers to provision profiles on smartphones. So we've got a great set of tools on smartphones. I think what we're seeing, for example, comparing that to laptops, uh, we're seeing you know a lack of a similar set of tools to the laptop markets. Uh, Mm. We've seen some real innovation from the likes of Intel trying to accelerate Passpoint provisioning on their laptop platforms. But candidly, I think it's lagging a little bit behind the smartphone. So yes, absolutely, we started with smartphones, but we've got to recognize, in particular, myself as a Cisco employee, we want to deliver Passpoint to our executive briefing centers. And we know people come, visitors and customers come to our executive briefing centers, and they bring their smartphones, yes, but they also bring laptops. Yeah. And we need to be able to seamlessly onboard those laptops using Passpoint profiles into that environment. And that then really is driving a requirement for that type of option. So Um, you said some smartphone apps are provisioning Passpoint. Yes, they are indeed. Like which ones? Well, Cisco has one for sort of a a test app. So if you go on the App Store and search for Open Roaming, you'll find one from Cisco. But we're working with a number of different customers. And I would say hospitality. Fortunately, we can't share... uh, details at the moment, but we're working with two big hospitality providers about integrating open Passpoint provisioning into their existing application portfolio. And we're working with a big retailer who's integrating into their loyalty app. And so as part of that, Cisco offers an application SDK. Okay. We've done the heavy lifting, and so it's very lightweight from a, an application provider to integrate Passpoint profile provisioning into an existing application proposition. Okay, and let's talk a little bit about IoT. Do you see this moving towards an IoT technology over time in the Wi-Fi arena? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we, we said we'd started a, a project called Open Rowing for IoT. And just to give you, I guess, an example about how challenging we find it from a Cisco perspective, we have WebEx endpoints, which can be deemed as IoT endpoints. And we understand the complexity and the challenges of provisioning those endpoints and getting them on an enterprise network. And so we absolutely think Passpoint can play a role there. And so we're looking at how we can take existing capabilities to provision IoT credentials and enhance them to then enable us to provision Passpoint profiles. Because once we provision a Passpoint profile, we can then use that not only just within a single enterprise, but now between enterprises. And it starts opening up those types of use cases. Another use case I just heard of last week was in a healthcare environment. They want to seamlessly transition devices from a care home along with a patient into a hospital environment. So here we're bringing sort of roaming environments from an IoT perspective, from a medical device, as they follow the patient in those different environments. And we think we can bring elements of open roaming and Passpoint to those new types of use cases. Excellent. Okay. And do open roaming participants agree to terms of service for use of personal identifiable information? Yeah, so we often gravitate in open roaming towards the technology, but I would say that the real innovation is on the legal framework is that right? around, around open roaming. Because what we're trying to do in open roaming is get rid of that click-to-accept terms and conditions. So we need a legal framework about how the federation operates. And so each broker that joins the federation needs to sign legal terms with WBA. And then each provider who joins the federation needs to sign terms with a broker. And that's how we ensure that everyone adheres to a common set of terms and conditions. So what what exactly is meant by broker? Sorry. So a broker is how we scale the federation. So it wouldn't really work if every provider had to go to WBA and saying, I'd like to be part of this cloud federation, please. So WBA instantiates that in a, a term or a a role called a broker. And so the broker issues certificates for the federation. They issue identities for the federation. And then they obviously ensure that those providers adhere to those terms and conditions. And so, for example, from a certificate issuance perspective, there are three brokers. Cisco can issue a certificate. Curio can issue a certificate, the commercial arm of Cable Labs. Uh And also Google is an issuing ICA for uh, open roaming as well. So you go to one of those brokers to get issued a certificate. And that then allows you to then have that secure exchange of signaling with other participants to ensure that you can seamlessly onboard users. Okay, got it. And then as far as the service provider participants, how quickly is that growing? Can you talk about any numbers or not really? So, I mean, a a great question as it relates to sort of Passpoint and service providers. So those familiar with service providers who have adopted Passpoint. So in the Americas, you're very fortunate to have Passpoint being deployed by your mobile carriers. And so we see those being used within open roaming environments. Outside of the US, I think we're candidly more challenged. And we would like to see that same level of innovation come to those other geographies. But the beauty of roaming is we're not reliant 
on the mobile operators to bring Passport. So, for example, on a Samsung ID, because I've got my Samsung phone, they deliver me a Passpoint profile. Therefore, I don't need a Vodafone Passpoint profile to get on the network. I've got my Samsung ID Passpoint profile to get on the network. So there's a little bit of, a, I guess, carrot and stick from an operator's perspective that, you know, the benefit of open roaming is they get visibility of their customers, their users, when they're on the Wi-Fi network because they see those authentication exchanges. If they cede that to a third party who then provisions the Passpoint profile, they lose visibility of their users on Wi-Fi networks to a third party. So there is a carrot and stick there. Okay, that makes sense. So we have been hearing a lot about how Wi-Fi 6 is making Wi-Fi look a little bit more like cellular to the mobile operators and increasing interest in integration with Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi offload, etc. So how does that all play into open roaming? Yeah, so we are seeing, from an open roaming perspective, we have service levels. And, and we've, we've adopted service levels slightly different from how it's been done in cellular. And we've tried to simplify it down because how service levels are delivered in cellular is quite complex. Mm-hmm. There, there are lots of parameters that need to be agreed within roaming agreements. And so in open roaming, we currently have two service levels. We have bronze or baseline, which is sufficient for voice over Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi calling to work in every single open roaming installation. So that's the baseline. You should always be able to make a Wi-Fi call on an open roaming network. But we also worked with operators, and in particular, this comes perhaps related to the open roaming settled. So we said we did open roaming settlement free when we don't assume there's any exchange of money, but we also have open rooming settled, which is a conventional sort of paid for access. And the operators who are willing to pay for access, they wanted a particular service tier associated with that. And so we call that open roaming silver. And that's effectively a high definition streaming experience. Uh So five megabits per second streaming is part of the definition, which is called open roaming silver. And so we think those two are sufficient at the moment. I mean, we're still discussing as part of the standard whether we have gold, whether there are custom, whether there are other use cases that we need to accommodate. But at the moment, we have Wi-Fi calling as, as the baseline and high-definition streaming as the silver. And so we think that is then sufficient to meet those requirements. In terms of 6 and 6E, how we then configure those networks to ensure we support that, that's obviously we're, we're using those capabilities to ensure we can deliver that sort of great high-definition streaming experience over open roaming. Okay, i got to ask you, what's gold going to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I mean, so... One view is that we deliver greater visibility. So bronze and silver are basically how you configure your network. Mm -hmm. Gold, some of the discussions have been, I want to know how the network is performing right now. Okay. Because I'm about to authenticate my user onto your network. And I don't really care how the network performed over the last 24 hours, the last hour. The last 20 minutes, I want to understand how my user is going to be served at this moment in time. and, and Right, because maybe the, the reason you're going to move your user is because yours is congested and the same absolutely. reason might be driving absolutely. that network to be absolutely. congested. Absolutely, yes, exactly that. And so already we have within the open roaming standard a requirement to support location information. Uh-huh. So, so when you 
trigger an authentication exchange in Open Roaming, you know where that user is. Okay. And so we see carriers using that information exactly as you say. What is the level of my LTE network? Is it congested? If my LTE network is congested, I'm more likely then to accept that authentication over open roaming onto Wi-Fi versus the operators can always decline that authentication if they think they can serve their users using their existing resources. And so open roaming gold potentially could then give them more visibility into how the Wi-Fi network is performing and a greater confidence of accepting that authentication. Okay, that makes sense. All right, Mark, this has been great. Is there anything else that you want to highlight about open roaming? Well, I'd encourage everyone to join, obviously. I think WBA announced back in June that they've got a million hotspots under open roaming. So that's a a great testament to how it's being adopted in the market. I'd encourage everyone to join either as an access provider or as an identity provider. All right. Fantastic. Mark Grayson, Cisco Fellow and Chair of Open Roaming within the WBA. Thank you very much for being here on The Signal. Thanks, Martha. And that is our show. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find links to some of the resources we discussed today in the show notes. And for all things Wi-Fi, visit y-fi.org. That's wifi.org. That's the Wi-Fi Alliance. Thank you so much for listening and join us next time on The Signal.